This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a great guest. He is a host and entertainment reporter, Anthony Carboni. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I, I took a stab at your nouns, but I've been starting most of my episodes by asking people, like, what, what do you consider your nouns in your profession? Goodness, uh, what are what are my preferred pronouns vis-a-vis work? Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, I mean, because we just live in such a weird space of like, yeah. I met you uh, when you were hosting a kind of a viral uh, comedy show. I met yeah. you through Hal Lublin, and mm-hmm. I know you to be a commentator on pop culture. Obviously, you yeah. co-host the Star Wars show now, but mm-hmm. I know so many people who work in this industry, and then when I say host, it makes it sound like they seat people at Denny's. So I don't know what to yeah. call people sometimes. You, I, I always loved... In the UK, they use the word presenter, oh, and everybody yeah. and everybody knows what a presenter is. Yeah, uh, but here you say you're a host, and people are like, "What does that mean?" Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's fairly accurate. I do a lot of hosting, mostly for pop culture stuff, um, and also for a lot of science stuff as well. I was a science reporter for a long time for Discovery, and. Uh, I did a science show with Star Wars recently, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. You're like yeah. trying to make it uh, as close to a real-life lightsaber as possible? Yeah, it's not very close. Spoilers. <laughs> Space magic isn't real. Um, <laughs> you still get to destroy things, right? Yeah, it was very cool. So, yeah, I think I, I do hosting and producing. I don't do as much writing anymore, but I have I have done some of that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and I love presenter. I think we should keep that going. I want to bring it over here. I want presenter to come over here. I want us to have a, a, a British sneaker culture over here. <laughs> I want us to have British format quiz shows. There's a lot of stuff we can just take from them. Yeah, we if can we just would all just... be Anglophiles. Yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> I just also like presenter because I just see it with a hand gesture every time. It's... Like, let me present again, Star Wars. Yeah, it feels like a guy who wears a suit, who points at a thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's very classy. <laughs> Exactly. And you are going to present something to me today with your obsession Yes, that I don't know anything about. I researched, uh, so I, now I know a little bit so I could even have functional questions or conversations. It's a convoluted web, so I don't, uh, I don't know how far you can get. <laughs> even getting a little is good, yeah, I think. Yeah, I just, the tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. and it is gorilla's lore, which I think I used to think was maybe like the color of an exotic acrylic paint mm-hmm. that I would have used in college. Like, sure, gorilla's lore. It's yeah. like burnt umber, right? It's either that or an a crew, and yeah. my wife and I argue about it a lot. <laughs> but for people uh, who are like me, who are like, what is gorilla's lore? What is the most basic definition of this thing you're obsessed with? So are you familiar with the band The Gorillas? I am now. Okay, Gorillas is a is basically like a an alt rock or hip hop EDM sort of band that's okay. been around since 2001. Uh they've had a uh, a few number one hits in the States. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, realize they were that popular. Yeah. Uh, which makes me even more dumb. No, no. I because even though they're even though they're popular, they are sort of on the niche end of pop. Okay. Um, but they are a band that has been around since two thousand one and uh very popular. They come and go in waves. Okay. <laughs> um because everybody that's in Gorillas is also somebody who is famous for something else. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a super group. Oh, nice. Uh, and here's here's the twist. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready for the twist. They're also animated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are two layers to gorillas. One is the actual real life band. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, which is like I said, 
worldwide multi-platinum charting band. Yeah. And then there is the other layer, which is the very interesting layer of being the animated band right. that does all the public appearances. <laughs> and these <laughs> and are the, all like, the videos. The cartoon characters, basically. Yes. Okay. And is the real Gorillas band, is it a is it a real band or is it just one or two people? So uh the actual band itself the real human beings only has one permanent musical member okay (laughs) even though there are two permanent members in the band okay so the two permanent members of gorillas are damon albarn okay who is the lead singer of the band blur oh so if you remember blur from the 90s uh they were super huge in england kind of big over here they had that song the woohoo Oh, that song. That's I, them. Song I two. love that song and have annoyed my friends with the love of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> very good. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, so that's Damon Albarn. Okay. Uh, so he is the... The woohoo guy. Yeah, he is the musical mastermind. <laughs> and then the visual mastermind, the person who creates these characters and this lore yeah. and all this animated stuff is Jamie Hewlett, who uh, comic book fans will know as the creator of Tank Girl and Martial Law. Damn. So these uh, these were two guys who were already really, really big uh, by the time they started this band, which they started around, um, they started like tinkering with it in 97. Okay. Uh, everybody else rotates and is kind of represented by an animated character that is always there. Okay. Um, so if you think about like a drugged out Madchester punk version of the Archies <laughs> or the Monkees, uh, that's what gorillas are. Yeah, because it has that pop art sensibility, right? Mm -hmm. Where it is a real thing producing real music to be enjoyed as music, but it is also pointing at the fabrication of bands and labels. Yes, exactly. And initially, when the band started, uh, Hewlett and Albarn were living together, like just randomly. They barely knew each other. (laughs) Uh, Hewlett had written an article about Albarn for, I think it was NME or, or one of the British, like, uh, kind of pop rock magazines okay. over there, like the musical press. Yeah. Um, and somehow, randomly, they both like went through a breakup at the same time and wound up living together. Did they put out an ad for like with some other like relatively famous successful person like to live with me because I'll yeah. only live with a successful like famous think, person? Like, like there's a, a secret. You know how there are those secret dating apps for like super rich or super attractive people? I'd like to think maybe there's like a Craigslist for like <laughs> super rich people where it's just like a really rich guy is getting rid of a standing desk and he only yeah. wants another really rich guy to have it. <laughs> Does anybody want my golden dishwasher? Yeah, I'm exactly. all done with it. Yeah, it's fine. It smells a little, but it's good. <laughs> it is um, pretty. Four carat, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they wound up living together, uh, and they were watching MTV, and they didn't really like when you t- when you read interviews with the two of them, they didn't really like each other. Okay, but they, even then, yeah, but they kind of respected each other. Okay, and so we're like, sure, I'll live with you. This is fine. Uh, they were watching MTV, and you know, ninety seven, ninety eight. This was really the height of like manufactured pop returning. This was yeah. boy bands. This was Britney Spears. This was like highly highly manufactured music yeah um damon albarn coming from blur you could say was kind of poppy as well like they were a super popular band in yeah the uk but they were they were kind of respected right like park life is is a pretty seminal album for people who are like big music nerds okay but 
he was sort of considered to be kind of a pop front man at the time as well. And he was just kind of watching this and he was like, oh my God, like everything is so <laughs> manufactured. He's like, you could just lean into it and make a totally manufactured band, just a fake band. Yeah. And it would be the biggest thing in the world. It would be no different. And so Jamie Hewlett's like, okay, let's do it. Wow. So like really, and this isn't like them building their own legend. You believe this to be the truth that it is super uh, successful people doing what any couple of young friends would do. Not to lessen this, yeah. but it, or that somebody would come up with this exact idea or execute it as well, but it has that flavor of like, you know what comic book needs? They should just be all, they should all be 18 feet tall and then comic books would be the biggest thing in the world. Like it's yeah. that kind of like just kind of crazy shake up the system idea, but they actually did it and executed it well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it, especially when you read about the earlier stuff, when you read earlier interviews with them, uh, especially Albarn because... I think he I think he was so tired of being a pop pretty boy that he wanted to be seen as like an artist that yeah. that had like things to say. And so some of his earlier interviews about gorillas kind of come off as like laying it on a little thick. Okay. I do believe that the two of them really thought that on a certain level. Yeah. But I also think there was probably something, at least in all Barnes head of, I would like to do this and not be the face of it. Yeah. How do I make another band that's super popular, but not have to be on like the front page of the Star, or the Sun, or like whatever yeah. British tabloid? You know, because everything about him was super popular. They were in like a huge feud with Oasis, actually. <laughs> like, because it was, it was like a North versus South. Like, who's the best <laughs> British band? And it was just like a lot of like mudslinging between the okay. two and like shit talking. And I, I think there was a certain like uh, I think there was a certain thing to Albarn at least at that point of like. Can I just do the music part? Right. I want to be in a band without fighting with Oasis. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? How do I not fight the Gallagher brothers? <laughs> yeah. And still make music. And I think for Jamie Hewlett, it was it was this idea of, well, I'm making this really good art. How do I get it out to even more people? You know, he had some success with Tank Girl, but they had ruined the Tank Girl movie. Yeah. Kind of. And so I think for him, there was sort of like, how do I control this? Right. How do I do this but control it so we don't wind up with iced tea and kangaroo makeup? Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think there was a there was definitely a lot more thought and personal stuff that went into it. And that's something that is sort of a thread. Everything that sort of happens to these animated characters very highly parallels what's going on between Hewlett and Albarn throughout their lives. Okay. Um, so they decide to start this band. And, and I think one of the other reasons they decide to do animated is... You don't have to work with anybody long term. You can bring in people that you really want to work with. People right. can come and go and you don't have to stop them, take them from doing their own thing. Right. It's almost like the big pop culture way of doing like a zine. Yeah. It's just sort of you can kind of control it. Nobody is looking at this little corner of entertainment to have to be packed with meaning or ideas. So we'll just kind of slip it in there. Yeah, exactly. So um, they started pulling together people for the first album. I mean, they've worked with like a ton of amazing people. So in the first album, the, uh, the first album, Gorillas were represented by uh, Damon Albarn as 2D, who is the lead singer of the band. Okay. Uh, he is a uh, blue haired, completely black, void eyed, <laughs> pretty boy. He is pretty a pop front man. Black soulless yeah. eyes. Okay. A little uh, commentary there. There is uh, Murdoch Nichols who is in the fiction, he's the founder of the band and the bassist. Okay. He is not directly represented by anybody. 
Um, then you have Russell Hobbs, who is the percussionist of the band uh, and the only American character, uh, <laughs> who is in the first album, uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then you have Noodle, who is a 10-year-old Japanese girl. She is the guitarist. And on the first album, she is represented by Miho Hattori from Chibomato. Okay, so I did not realize that they had such direct uh, mm-hmm. relations to the actual musicians. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. Well, on the first one, they do, and that kind of disappears okay. as it goes on. But uh, there were some other people working on the first album that were that were like really big at the time in sort of circles, in certain circles. Like yeah. I was a huge Chibo Mato fan at the okay. time, uh, which is kind of one of the <laughs> things that drew me to them. Uh, to the gorilla, to gorillas, but um, Dan the Automator was also a part of the first album. Kid Koala was part of the first album, and they've always had uh, really great luck at bringing in like really storied musicians, okay. almost in a Daft Punk sort of way. Right, where, da- where it's like, hey, we're Daft Punk, and this is Giorgio fucking Moroder. <laughs> Ask your dad. You know what I mean, like that sort of thing. Right, and now it's just a thing. Like a bunch of people have done it, so yeah. why wouldn't other musicians do it? Yeah, so it's it's kind of like Ringo Starr's All Star Band, but cool. Okay, you know. <laughs> wow, shot across the bow at Ringo. Sorry to Sheila E. Um. <laughs> All right, so this this lore is that they're telling these stories of the fictional band, mm-hmm. uh, which are these four really distinct uh, characters. It's mostly the story, the lore is told in the videos, right? And you just have to watch them and piece together what you think is happening. Yeah. So the way they decided to do it is. Every video tells a chunk of the story. Okay. But also every interview they do, every press appearance they do, Damon Albarn has never really done press for gorillas. There have been okay. a couple times, but 2D does press for gorillas. Okay. <laughs> Russell and Murdoch, Murdoch especially does press for gorillas <laughs> um, because he's the front man. So yeah. a lot of this lore is told through like, Kind of just fucking with music journalists. Okay, really? So, so they the, like they'll really think they in the early days they thought they were really talking to a real person, and they didn't think they were talking to a real person, but they knew it was Damon Albarn. Yeah, and they knew it was <laughs> Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and so they were like, "I'll sit through this trash," and this is kind of interesting. And everybody kind of liked the idea of this like art project of an animated band. Okay, so they kind of just went with it, right? It's like, okay, we're interviewing two D. And then when you do things like MTV and and BBC Radio yeah. One and things like that, the characters would do the interviews. Like there were animated bits with MTV. They did an episode of MTV Cribs. Okay. And it was totally animated. Yeah. And it was Murdoch taking them through Kong Studios. So um, the lore is told through the videos and also just sort of through their website, their interviews. Okay. They have a fan club that releases different stuff. And then... As the years go on and things sort of become, the internet becomes bigger and bigger and social media becomes bigger right. and bigger. Not every member of Gorillas has an Instagram, but Noodle does. <laughs> well, that and makes the, sense. Yeah, and the Gorillas have an official Instagram. Okay. Uh, and so they do they do live streams. They do like weird 3D animated like live interviews. Okay. All this stuff. So the lore gets told in just a really mixed media way this this thing is like art school as hell you know what i mean (laughs) like this is very very art school um and then i I actually brought it with me the first two phases of gorilla lore and the phases are albums right phases 
phase one is the first album phase two is the the second album <laughs> phase three is like three and four I like, like <laughs> i feel like the answer to every question yeah. i'm gonna ask you is like well sort of yeah I however mean, this is yeah but but ba- that's part of the charm yeah it sort of cleanly breaks into albums okay not as much anymore but yeah um this is rise of the ogre which okay. is a book that was released <laughs> which is a parody of a similar book about Led Zeppelin. And so it is an oral history of gorillas and their lives. Okay. Um, told in like a faux sort of 70s Rolling Stone oral history. Yeah. Piece that goes through everything. So it's all of the characters explaining everything that's happened in the gorilla's career up through Demon Days. Okay, so before this book comes out in phase one or phase two, mm-hmm. people have to be detectives. They have to be or they get to be detectives. Yes. So when did you come on board? Did you become a fan once everybody already knew that this is what this is? Or did you like you watch a video and go, cool, wait, I also saw this interview. Wait, these relate. Did you get that process of discovery? So... I was not on board in the very, very beginning, but so everybody has, has this friend, right? You have this, like (laughs) this brilliant, this brilliant stoner friend who never leaves his house and knows everything about everything. You know, I was like, uh, I was like late teens at this point. And this is a guy who was a few years older than me. Okay. Uh, and he was like this brilliant musician, Nate Goodman, shout out to Nate Goodman. Uh, he was one of the first guys I knew with broadband internet. Okay. <laughs> so I'm what going a over crazy to, yeah. punk. Yeah, it was just insane. And so I went over and Nate was like, You've got to see this. And he played the Clint Eastwood video for me. Okay. Uh Clint Eastwood was the first Gorillas video, and it's a totally animated video. And is just that's the name of the song, Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood, okay. yeah. And it's the Gorillas song that starts off with like a very Western cowboy sounding sound effect. It's the Okay. Yeah, and that's like the refrain in the song. Um, and I watched this video, which is outside of Kong Studios, which is the gorillas headquarters. <laughs> and it is all of the gorillas fighting zombies and also playing live. Okay. And you're just like, this is cool. I was like, this is amazing. What is this? He, uh, what band is this? He's like, gorillas. I was like, it's so cool that they did an animated band or an animated video. He's like, no. That's the band. <laughs> you don't get it, man. You don't, no, no, no. The band is cartoon characters. <laughs> I know you don't have broadband yet, man, yeah. but you don't get it. And, yeah. and we, so we watched this video over and over because he had downloaded it on broadband. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the album. And I watched this thing and I was like, this spoke to such a Venn diagram of everything that I loved at the time. Okay. Uh, I was at the time studying to be... I just decided I wasn't going to be an animator and I wanted to be a comic book artist. So I was taking oh, okay. a lot of art classes. I knew who Jamie Hewlett was. It looked kind of like Jamie Hewlett. We were looking things up on the very early internet and it <laughs> turns out, yes, it was Jamie Hewlett. Oh, so you guessed it. Yeah. And I was like, this looks like this guy who does who does Tank Girl. It looks yeah. like the Tank Girl guy. And Nate's like, oh, okay, let's look it up. And it was him. And then I found out that it was Miho Atori. And I was like, oh, shit. I love Chibo Mato. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Damon Albarn, like, I knew Blur, but I didn't know much about it. And I was just like, this is crazy that they're doing an entire animated band. Yeah. And And something, and I also grew up kind of loving things that blur the line between pop culture and reality, right? Yeah. Things that are always sort of like, whether they're highbrow or lowbrow, I've always loved them. Everything from like War of the Worlds to like ARG campaigns to like, 
you know, weird ass David Foster Wallace books where it's like, well, this is a real anecdote. Yeah. And then I'm inserting this fictional thing that <laughs> happened afterwards, you know? Yeah. And that kind of blurring the lines has always been really, really fascinating to me. And then also as a kid, I just, I just loved the monkeys and I loved art. I love the Archies and I love the idea of like, we never knew who was singing for Archie. It was just Archie. Yeah. And so it was fascinating to me that somebody was doing it. I didn't necessarily go in for the like counterculture anti-pop message as much. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, you know, like every late teens kid, I was just like, yeah, stick it to advertising. But I didn't really like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Stick it to whoever the man might yeah, be. Who's, yeah. Who's, uh, who's in charge? Fuck them. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that sort of thing. But, uh, so it all kind of like appealed to me, uh, on a really kind of deep level. And yeah. I was just like, well, this is it. This is the future. Like, cause I also just love the idea of this blurring of the lines that I felt like was happening in, in all pop culture because of early internet and all this stuff where it was just like, you don't know who's making stuff that you're watching. Right. And you may never know who's making stuff that you're watching. And they could be somebody totally different than who they're saying, and it doesn't matter. And it just all felt very exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel? That makes perfect sense to come at it from a place of youth of like, let's disrupt the system. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, point at the the fakeness of videos by, in, in a way, become more authentic because that's what we're doing. Now that you are older and you are somebody who celebrates the pop culture that you love, yeah. professionally even, how do you feel? Do you, do you feel like it's, at this point, a positive statement? How does how does the fact that the gorillas are commenting on the part that they're that they're only partially real, how does that enrich it? It doesn't as much anymore. Okay. Because that line is not as blurred anymore. Yeah. Uh, as the band went on, it became less and less about these are fictional characters and more about these are the real musicians who are involved. Look how exciting it is that all these people are making an album together. Yeah. The problem is, and I mean, you you know this, I think, probably as a writer, when things go, the longer things go on, they become more and more exaggerated versions of themselves. Yeah. There's no way to stop that from happening. Yeah. You have to heighten things to keep them interesting, but that means you wind up taking a magnifying glass to certain bits of it. Oh, right. Yeah, you know that's a great I mean? way to say it. When yeah. you think about like... 30 Rock season one and the last season of 30 Rock when it turns into a literal Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's kind of, that's kind of the way it has to go. Like you, you have to magnify the things that are working and minimize the things that are not working. Yeah. And that kind of turns it into something different. By the end of phase two, you see that they kind of like get rid of this idea of the main message of phase two was sort of like, they almost called it like, uh, I think it was called down with like, kill false icons or destroy false icons. Yeah. Um, Which you can already see that's the concept of gorillas eating itself. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because they are false icons. Um, But they kind of drop that at the end of phase two because they realize like, oh shit, we are now one of the most popular kind of pop rock acts in the world. Yeah. We we achieved the thing that we thought we could do, but in doing so, 
we've become a parody of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And so how do we pull back and make this interesting again? And at that point, it was basically about doubling down and focusing on the music, which was what was working best for them at that point anyway. Okay. You know, so... And backing off on the narrative a little bit? By the time you get to the end of... So, you know, here we're looking at this lavishly illustrated coffee yeah. table book that tells us about phase one and phase two. Phase three, we don't know about, really. We know about through the videos and through some stuff that was on the website and some stuff that was in interviews. But, like, they actually cut a video from phase three because they realized, like, people were getting confused by all this animated stuff. <laughs> and people didn't understand, like, so Gorillaz is a real band? Like, can I go see Gorillaz? Like, even though they had performed, like, quote-unquote live on, like, the Grammys at that yeah. point and on the MTV Music Vi- like music Video Awards, and the- they were big, but people were having a hard time reconciling this very sort of high-concept thing. yeah. And they were just like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, okay, so just so you know, the Gorillas is a very good band. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about zombies and robots and mind demons control and, and demons. Growing, and... yeah. I watched a 22-minute long YouTube video to summarize it. Because I started I know Google the one. It. I know the one. The phase one through four that that guy did. Phase one through four. And it is quite well done. And even the, the guy is saying as he goes along, he's like, now it gets weird. Now mm-hmm. here's, the, here's like basically Gorillas, uh, you know, part A, Gorillas part B, depending yeah. on what you believe. But it, it sounds in this delightful way like a uh, pitch meeting where somebody knows like act one and act two of their own film and then just starts riffing and making yeah. oh we thought we were gonna get canceled <laughs> oh. oh yeah so then of course well the dog learns to fly yeah, yeah obviously like yeah. people like the dog right um <laughs> it's really really delightful and uh, it, it to me it starts to get, get back to other kind of long long-term narratives that get get mushy at some point yeah in continuity and and it also just kind of i think they backed off from it in a way where well, don't worry too much about the specifics of these cartoon characters in their lives because they are cartoon characters. Yeah. And it's okay if we change something or we do something. We don't want you to get too literal with this lore, yeah. which is something fandoms can do, right? Always. And as soon as yeah. as soon as a fandom gets that way, you kind of get locked into something where it's just like, oh, shit, we can't change this because people will freak out. Yeah. Um, so I think they kind of wanted to keep things a little higher level. And I think they were... There are also some developmental things that were supposed to happen in terms of other gorillas projects okay. and supporting things that were supposed to happen that didn't. <laughs> and when those things didn't happen, I think the band went, yeah, okay, yeah. let's back off the let's lore. Just, let's just back off. Let's the lore. back off the lore. This is super, super confusing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like lots of demons, lots of nonlinear backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, how do you feel about that is someone who obviously has gone through the work, like you went, you're introduced to it by, by your cool stoner friend with broadband the yeah. way the way we used to learn all things yes uh but then you went through the detective work right and you yeah. bought this expensive book and you did all this work and now the band is saying you know what sorry about that those details that you fought for that you studied for mm-hmm. they don't matter as much anymore now they still do it for the hardcore like fans okay they're still like so uh, I don't know when this I don't know when this goes live, but uh, uh, tomorrow Thursday. Oh, of, great! Of late June. Yeah. So great. Uh, so we're recording this on the twenty seventh. On the 29th, the now now comes out, which is the sixth album. Okay. Uh, to celebrate the now now, Murdoch, who is currently <laughs> in prison, <laughs> again, uh, is allowed to make one phone call, and a letter from the penitentiary got delivered to the gorillas Instagram. That oh, said, wow. Mr. Nichols is going to be allowed to make one phone call on June 29th at this time. Uh, 
he asks that you come listen. Also, he's like very weirdly obsessed with something 2D. We don't know what it's about, but <laughs> the doctors here at the prison say that it would be good for him to make this phone call. Oh, nice. Uh, so there is stuff going on for people who care about the characters, but they they have decided it doesn't need to go into the videos as much. It doesn't need to go into the media blitz as okay. much. Okay, so you it can be I mean? a little bit more simple, a little bit more direct. Yeah. I mean, they they also did a uh, they did an interview with 2D and Russell in Vice okay. uh, for Noisy, uh, where they literally just interviewed 2D and Russell at a diner, <laughs> 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 which, like, I always wonder how much these are, like, pre-written pieces and yeah. stuff like that, but it's... It's like very fun. They're still doing it and they're putting it out there. Okay. Which is fun. But you get the sense that sometimes they riff and then they they say something and they're committed to it? Or do you feel like it's still planned? Sometimes they riff and it goes against things that they said before, but it's fun (laughs) in the moment. Yeah. And I'm the sort of fan of of everything. You know, you brought up. You brought up Doctor Who. You know how it is for us. Yeah. Shit's going to change, man. Yeah, it's all about uh, time and space. Yeah. And it gets, uh... You said this. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The real lesson is love, isn't it always? <laughs> Those are the two poles of yeah. Doctor Who. <laughs> this is about love. Ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. Just, and then there's a monologue about feelings, and we're good. Yeah. Like, we're good. <laughs> you know, so... I'm used to that, and yeah. comic book fans are used to that, right? Like, we things have to be retconned, things have to be changed, you keep things interesting. Yeah. So I'm okay with these weird, like, right now, uh, Murdoch has, like, green skin and a lizard tongue and <laughs> sharp teeth, and he didn't have that in the beginning. And one of the reasons he has it now is because as you draw animated characters and comic book characters more and more, the artist figures out who those characters are, yeah. right? The characters evolve. But the yeah, in fiction story that they just sort of gave off the cuff is like, yeah, Murdoch's immortal. <laughs> Did we forget to tell you that? Oh, yeah, he's immortal. He's been living forever or whatever. Like, David Albarn said that, and it was just like, oh, okay, I guess that's true it now. Just is now. <laughs> what are, uh, we're talking about other fandoms. What is it like when you encounter another, not just Gorillaz fan of the band of the music who knows, oh, oh, they do the, the videos mm-hmm. with the, the animated characters. When you encounter at a party, like, somebody else who's like, yeah, here's my theory of what truly happened in Phase 3. Is that an awesome experience? Do you end up butting heads? Do people get pedantic? What's it like? There are, I've seen a lot of stuff online where people get pedantic and yell about it, yell at each other. You know, it's the common stuff. Like there are people, there are kids that ship Noodle in 2D. And there are other kids that are very mad about that because because of the age difference and how they grew up. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, When I meet another Gorillaz fan, because there aren't as many just super hardcore ones out there, I think. It's always like a really wonderful experience. There isn't much to argue about. It's more like, did you see? Because this stuff is so sublimated. Like you were saying, yeah. when you're trying to research it, certain things come from like little tiny snippets of like a blog post or like T-Mobile did a weird thing in England only that was like a live interview with 2D and Murdoch where they were 3D animated and sitting on a couch yeah. and just riffing. And so some stuff came out of that. And like, did you get a chance to see that? No. Tell me about it. Okay, here it is, and here's the link to it. And it's, it feels like tape trading. It feels yeah. like being into like weird, weird pilots that never got aired back when you would have to like <laughs> buy them at a convention. Yeah. Or like anime when you had to buy it at a con where it was like, dude, did you see 
the Fox pilot for the Generation X TV show. Yeah. And it's like, no, I didn't. Dude, I have it on tape. Come over. Let's watch it. Like, Yeah, it seems like it's a, a good way to like uh, connect. Yeah, it, it and really make, is. Make, make a fan moment really exciting and kind of specific to that, that one-on-one interaction. Yes, and it's... Because it because it is like one of those things that is not such a huge fandom. Like, I also love evangelizing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it it becomes one of my favorite things to evangelize because a lot of the things that I'm a fan of are just like so out there now. Yeah, that, huge. Yeah, yeah, just so huge, and that's great, and it's wonderful. Um, it's fun to be able to share something new with people though that they don't know about. Yeah, especially if you think that they're going to be super into it and. I can do that a lot with comics and I can do that a lot with, with certain like anime and and other stuff. But this is kind of cool because the music is at the very least very, very accessible and good. Yeah. And you've probably heard a couple of the singles, even if you didn't know it was gorillas. Right. And so that's kind of a cool way where even if people don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it with me, they will at least be into the music and at least think that it's kind of cool that there's more going on to these cool videos that they remember. Yeah. These weird animated things that they remember. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. I think that's uh, what you're describing, I think, is part of the reason that, like, uh, obviously a big Star Wars fan. And one of the things I'm really enjoying right now are these fun, tiny little details in the novelizations. Yes. Because, you know, people are obviously debating about the movies and all that. And that's great. Are they? A little bit here and I there, know. you know, in, be- in between political tweets, sometimes you see a Star Wars. You tweet think I would have seen that? Yeah, I know it's hmm. weird. Uh, but like my wife just read the Leia, Princess of Alderaan, so good, and it's an, it's amazing novel. But there's like you know those little details, like Panaka is a moth now, and like I can't walk up to, on the street to somebody and say Panaka is a moth now, and you it's the greatest open detail. The sash, <laughs> Scrooge style, like just out Christmas morning. You there, boy. Panaka is a moth now. Panaka is a moth now. Panaka is a moth now. And most people would be like, I think he has aphasia. What's a panaka? What's a moth? What's he talking about? And it's not in a hipsterism way of like, I'm glad I had this knowledge and not a lot of people. Because anybody who wants it can and should buy that book and read it. Yeah. But there's that really exciting moment to just connect in that little detail that's a little bit uh, away from some of the larger discussions, away from some of the larger strife. Well, and it's also fun to just watch people fill in kind of interesting things about stuff you already know, right? Yeah. Like it's whether you want to dive deep into the entire rabbit hole of gorillas, it's fun to know that like there is a story about them all living in a house together, these animated characters. And it's like, it's fun to know that somebody thought of the background stuff that makes the foreground stuff so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to say it. Um, I wanted to ask you some, some specific lore questions. Sure. I was surprised that there was so much about demons and all of the demon possession. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, if you were going to be possessed by a demon, like it seems most of the characters involved with gorillas have been, Mm -hmm. what kind of demon would you want to be possessed by? What kind of uh, abilities or different physical uh, manifestation of being possessed would you want? Some people are possessed by demons. Russell was possessed by Del the funky Homo sapien, <laughs> who who in Gorilla's Lord died in a drive-by. Um, <laughs> even as the real Dell's career continues to this day. Uh, so maybe I would like to have the spirit of a famous person inside me <laughs> to count on for that sort of creative boost. Less than a demon, like maybe I could 
Can I get that? Can I get some Ernie Kovacs up in here or something? You want a famous presenter inside you, don't you? Can I get somebody like that in there to like fall back on when I need to? Possessed by the spirit of Ernie Kovacs. Yeah. How would that show on the outside besides your skills? Would some part of your body transform into looking a little like Ernie Kovacs? Would you have a little... Maybe the beard would become a mustache. Who knows? (laughs) I'd comb my hair a little bit more. (laughs) That is a great answer. I I love that one. Uh, Have you ever thought, given that this is so awesome for gorillas to have this whole lore, do you think other bands should have it, or is it unique to gorillas? And you would lessen it if some other band was like, Blink-182 came back and like, you know what, we're a cartoon now. I think all bands have lore. Yeah. All bands do have lore. You know, that's, that's the reason that, like, Almost Famous was was a movie that worked and worked so well, is every touring band has this larger than life story to them yeah um do they all get drunk and go to hell to rescue a 10 year old girl no no do they do they barter with the devil for his bass guitar no yeah but there are you know every band has lauren i think that's what works about gorillas is like this is a heightening of actual band things that happen yeah uh and it's it's an artistic representation of all the ups and downs and infighting and just weird personalities yeah. and quirks that do happen in bands. Well, maybe that's what what is so compelling about it is that it is a, it supports the idea that myth and reality do go hand in hand. And yeah. they do in real life cuz like I remember even when I was a kid and like, you know, uh metal magazines were really popular and it was about the myth mm-hmm. of like did this person really have a fist fight with this person did they really do this in did you know did Axl did Rose really they, yeah. kick a piano out of his Hollywood Hills house cuz he was mad at his neighbor like did they did they really turn that hotel hallway into a slip and slide did they they literally rent a room and one room is just a trash like you know like all these things that you hear about a band are like i heard that they were literally fist fighting until the moment they went on stage yeah and then they played the best set of their lives (laughs) and when they left they went right back to fist fighting again you know like that sort of stuff where you're like that can't be it uh, gorillas is just the heightening of that. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's why I do think it works so well. Yeah. Just going all the way back to Robert Johnson at the crossroads. Did yeah. He, did he really get the, the guitar and the skills? Yeah. From, from a demon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, if a cartoon band was created based on your life, what would it be called and what would the aesthetic be? What might it look like? Oh man. I don't know what it would be called. I feel like the aesthetic at this point would definitely. <sighs> There's already gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> would, course, that's what you're saying is yeah. gorillas represented a lot of who you are. Yeah. I, but I, you, you've grown, you've evolved. Yeah. I think it would look a lot now like. It would look maybe like more like an anime. Okay. I think it would look like more of a modern anime, not like an 80s anime, but something that's going on right now, like a like a Maiden Abyss or a um or a My Hero Academia. <laughs> and it would it would definitely be much more cheerful looking than it actually was. <laughs> I like happy looking things that are really about depressing things. Okay. And so I think it would be that. I think it would be like a like a anime pop band. That was just like actually the saddest band in the world. (laughs) Is that what you want people to 
wonder about you because you have fans who watch you uh-huh. and your your uh public facing Anthony Carboni yeah. is positive and happy. Do you like the idea that the that there's a myth maybe among your fans of like I bet Anthony has dark days. What does that look like? Uh I mean I go through one piano a week in my home in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> but other you know, but that's pretty standard. Every Monday I, I kick a piano out, I look at my neighbor as they're kicking their piano out. Uh no, I do think that there's like my favorite comedy is dumb comedy that is actually smart and pretending yeah. to be dumb. And my favorite super happy stuff is super happy stuff that is actually giving a serious or darker point. Yeah. Right. Um, that's one of the reasons why I do, uh, jive with, with, with Doctor Who and Star Wars so much, right? Yeah. Is it's like, here is the most Saturday morning serial way to talk about political and social things yeah. and really individual journeys that everybody goes through. And I think the best way to do that is through something that's fun and cartoony and palatable. Yeah. That really kind of makes people think a little bit more. And that's what that's why I think Phase One Gorillas worked so well too, is it was super happy, but you were just like, this is definitely dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some demons somewhere up in here. There is more going on here, and I like that. <laughs> we're gonna move on to our how obsessed I can are see you questions? Jo- I can see Joe's notes. I can just see them. I can you can just, see? I'm, I've just been reading the this table is so small and I'm just reading them. I'm just like, I know what's coming. <laughs> did you see all of the questions that I skipped because what you were saying was so fascinating that I, I didn't even get to them? I didn't. Uh, I just kind of, I just kind of am looking at them and I'm looking to see which one you're going to ask next. <laughs> I'm going to ask all these. I'm not skipping any of these. All right, let's do it. Do you think about gorilla lore, gorilla's lore every day? <sighs> Lately, yes. Uh, since last year, yes. Because humans came out. They were on a hiatus for a while. They were okay. broken up. So I didn't think about them daily for a while. Um, but as of last year, I do think about it pretty much every day. Yeah. Okay. Is it the buildup and the anticipation? Yes. Uh, and it's the fact that they're releasing stuff just as quickly as they ever had. Okay. So humans came out last year. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. I thought they'd been on, this was the end of a long hiatus. No. So humans came out uh, 2017. Okay. Uh and then the humans tour was the first time I ever got to see them live. Okay. Uh, and then wait a minute. How how are the, when you see them live? What happens? Holograms? Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joseph, but oh, Joseph. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it all depends on when you when you saw them. Uh, phase one gorillas. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Phase one gorillas. Um, we're. A screen with animated characters okay. playing and singing. Nice. Behind the screen, you could see the silhouettes of the band members. So you knew the reality was back there. There was somebody playing the music. Okay. Towards phase two with Demon Days, as the band started getting bigger and they yeah. started putting more money into the project, and uh, potentially a movie was going to be made, Ooh. they started putting even more into it, and you could see... At uh, certain live shows, gorillas holograms <laughs> on the MTV Music Video Awards and uh, at the 2006 Grammys, holograms of the gorilla of gorillas played. That's live awesome. With a hologram of Madonna, at the Grammys, <laughs> just holograms everywhere. Just hologram there, crazy. And there was a plan for a, a, a completely holographic tour. Okay. And that didn't happen either. Didn't happen. Turns out it's very expensive. Uh, <laughs> now. 
if you see them, the band is definitely up front. Okay. There are screen big screens in the back playing animated clips and things like that, but you don't it's not like you think 2D is singing. They're not trying to fool anybody. No, Damon is definitely singing. Okay. And that's one of the reasons they broke up for a while, actually. Because they didn't there was a disagreement about showing their faces? Um Jamie sort of began to feel like the music was more important than the art. Okay. Which was true. Yeah. Because you can get more people to listen to a good pop album than you can to get them to watch weird alt animation. <laughs> and obsess over what is <laughs> actually happening. Over, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're not actually telling them the story. <laughs> like the movie never happened. Uh, so they broke up for, for quite a long time because it was like by the time phase three ended, their touring band was literally half of the clash. Okay. Like, Damn. <laughs> like Mick Jones was there, yeah. and like uh, they're touring with they're touring with like Most Def and like De La Soul and yeah. all of these cra- like Bobby Womack and like all of these crazy like legendary musicians. Yeah. So it's like you don't you don't put those people behind a screen. <laughs> you put them up front. Yeah. People want to see that. Um, so now if you go see them, it's it's a multimedia experience, but you don't watch the animated characters as okay. much. Which is a little bit of a bummer. I wish I'd gotten to see them during phase, phase one and two. Well, I hope for a mixture of live and hologram. That'd be cool to see them riff see with those, the holograms. I want to see those holograms come back. <laughs> I want to see them come back. <laughs> Joseph, you have no idea. And then you would see, you would think about Gorilla's lore every day, I'm sure, once you see holograms. There's every no going back. Every single day. The reason, you, the, the reason fans are thinking about it every day now is because it's not being released in such large chunks as it used to be. And so now there's more room for speculation. Oh, nice. And we're like, when is it coming? When is it coming? When What's are the happen? details coming? Yeah. Yeah, nice. When do we find out? Who was the shady man that Murdoch dealt with in the strobe light video that got him sent to sent to prison yet again? Oh yeah. What did he do? You oh, know, that sort awesome. of thing. Yeah. So it's it's I think about it every day and I wish there was more of it again. <laughs> <laughs> I need more days. When people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with Gorilla's lore? No more than they can tell than I'm obsessed with other things. Uh, okay. My my wife and I uh were both very big into a, a lot of different fandoms. Okay. Um, and so the living room neutral territory is um, definitely uh, things that have to be negotiated over. Okay. Treaties have to be signed. <laughs> uh, things have to, all aesthetics and fandoms must be represented okay. in some form that is also cohesive and kind of looks like adults live there. Okay. So there's there's some gorilla stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff as well, and it all kind of mixes. But you can you can definitely tell it's one of my interests. Okay, so if, if like a big picture of their first album is going to go on the wall, mm-hmm. that Boba Fett Funko Pop might have to go live in the bedroom. Sure, sure. That's that's definitely that's definitely a, a trade that similar trades have definitely happened. <laughs> okay. Similar trade offs have definitely happened. I, if you want to write this up, sure. I would love to read just the whole history. Of the the trades of the, to of, make your neutral oh. adult living room because I think that I, we don't have my wife and I don't have a neutral adult living room yeah we don't have much of an adult living room but if we did I think we would do that too to make sure that it's balanced yeah it's fascinating to me uh you know when we first met uh and my wife and I first started dating she came into my apartment at the time and there was a master sword and Hylian shield just like <laughs> mounted on the wall and she was just like oh no oh no. You know, but meanwhile, like one of the first things we bought together when we moved in together was like a portal gun. So that was okay. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was a thing of like, 
what represents both of us in that's a way awesome. that we're comfortable with. Yeah, you know? I think that's great. So it's more, it's less about the trades that are made, and now it's more about every purchase goes kind of through both of us. Yeah. If it's going to be in, in neutral territory. That's an adult fandom marriage. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Have you ever shed actual tears over Gorilla's lore? Ooh. Tears. Yeah. It's not really a tears sort of sort of story, though there are some sad moments. It's more of like a it's it's definitely more of like a, a sarcastic, darkly funny okay. sort of thing. Um when I found out that Noodle was potentially dead and gone at the end of the El Manana video, which is the end of phase two. Uh, we see Noodle in their flying windmill island, and it gets shot down. And there was this whole thing about, like, well, does that mean Noodle is gone? Yeah. And what does that mean for the band? Does that mean the band is gone, or does that just mean Noodle is gone? What does, okay. What does that even mean? for? A fig- and so there was a lot of, like, there was certainly a lot of concern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that I've ever <laughs> cried over it, just because it's such a... It's such sarcastic, like, dry, fuck you British humor Yeah, that it's like, they don't really leave you much room to cry. You know what I mean? It's hard to cry sarcastically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so you'd be willing to, but it doesn't lend itself to it. There are definitely some sad things that happen in, like, black books and spaced, but I don't know that I cry. You know what I mean? (laughs) Fair fair, fair enough. (laughs) Have you ever, or would you want to have a dream about Gorilla's lore? I have had a dream about Gorilla's lore. Okay, this does seem to lend itself to it, of, like, creepy, weird things that are almost a little subliminal in the imagery yeah dreamlike is definitely a good way to describe it and a lot of jamie hewlett's comics come off very kind of loose and dreamlike with their humor and their their visual associations so i've i've definitely had dreams before where it was in gorilla's style or the gorillas were there okay whether I can't tell you exactly what the details were, yeah, but it was definitely it definitely happened. There was a dream that looked like a Hewlett cartoon, <laughs> and I think the gorillas were there. Okay, do you have a sense of when they appear in in your dreams? Are they friends or like mentors? Because I think a lot of dreams break down into it's somebody that you're trying to that you look up to, or somebody you're kind of carousing with. Uh, definitely. They were definitely friendly, except for Murdoch. <laughs> like, my dreams tend to fall within canon. Okay. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> You dream canonically. I canonically dream. Like, characters act the way they're going to act in whatever awesome. thing they're part of. Yeah. Uh, and if they don't, like, if a character starts, at, like, if a character that's supposed to be friendly, uh, and this has been ever since I was a kid, yeah. if a character acts, if a character that's supposed to be friendly starts acting uh, nefariously towards me, they will morph into another character. Oh, and it wow. will turn out they had been that character They're in disguise all along. All along. Yeah. It was that sort of thing. Nice. So like if, if 2D was mean to me in a dream, it was probably because <laughs> he was actually Murdoch or something. <laughs> Would you drive a large van with gorillas lore airbrushed on the side? No. No, I would not. <laughs> the last vehicle I had that was dedicated to a fandom was when I was in high school. I had a red Honda Civic with a giant uh, brushed steel laser cut <laughs> Superman emblem. Oh, nice. The House of L yeah. uh, uh, shield was on the hood of my car. Um, and I was pretty into it, yeah. but, I, but I also just kind of knew that like, Number one, I don't care about cars a lot. Yeah. And number two, 
I just don't, I don't want to be flashy while I'm driving. Like it's very weird to me to attract attention while I'm driving. Yeah. Uh, like current car definitely has Hans Dice in the rear view. Okay. You know, like little things. Subtle. Yeah. That's for you. That's not for the general public. I'm a much more like same, same as with the living room. I, I would like to subtly express things yeah. rather than just be like, this thing that I love has to take over my aesthetic. It's like, <laughs> no, how do I make this thing I love part of my aesthetic? Yeah. Especially as I get older, where I'm just like, I know who I am stylistically and right. visually and aesthetically. I'm just kind of like, I wouldn't buy a bowling shirt with Goku on it anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I would, I would have some Dragon Ball stuff. Like, I do have Dragon Ball stuff, but it's yeah. just, it's not going to be that. <laughs> I think that's great. I, I, I mean, I love fandom. I love people who are into fandom. I'm super into yeah. fandom, but I think that is important too to say, like, well, what can I take from this that has been meaningful yeah. to me and, and add it to the uh, pile of stuff that makes me me? Yeah. Like, I still have my shirt, like some shirts that have some emblems and, and, and stuff like that on it. Um, but you know, you know what I wish right now? You know what I wish more than anything right now, Joseph, is I wish <laughs> that there was, so you know, uh, Her Universe? Yeah. And Her Universe was, was Ashley Eckstein started it in response to the fact that there wasn't a lot of like fandom clothing for women, yeah. uh, especially not anything that kind of like uh, integrated with the styles and aesthetics that women were already used to. Yeah. Like dudes don't mind as much wearing a t-shirt with an S shield on it, like where it kind of fits into what we do anyway. Yeah. We like t-shirts with logos. Um Ever since that, I've just, every time I see Ashley, I'm just like, his universe. <laughs> you took it. You did it better than we ever had it. Yep. Can we, can we have just a little bit of it back? Will you help us? Yeah. Will you help us be better? <laughs> I want jackets that are just subtly cut like well, the you're clothes and, in Star Wars. You're a suit and tie guy. I li- yeah. When I perform, I like to wear something that's like, I don't like being, a, this is just what I wear, yeah. what I wear every day. Because for my, my performance style is... A little bit more presentational. Yeah, and it's always nice to have something that integrates a little bit more. Like when we do the uh, when we do the Star Wars premieres, I always wear a plain suit. Like I don't wear a crazy Star Wars suit. Yeah. But if you look at my pocket square, it has like instead of houndstooth, it's the it's the Rebel Alliance logo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that where it's like I get it, it's there. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more stuff like that. That would be so awesome. Oh, I yeah. wish there was more stuff like that. I would love that. Um, moving on with our how obsessed are you questions because mm-hmm. I could talk about uh, nerd fashion all day. Have you or would you edit the Gorillas Wiki page? <laughs> all Wiki pages are a minefield. Uh, do not wade in there. Do not leave any connection to you uh, on a Wiki where people could find you and message you about the way they feel about you, the way you feel about facts. Uh, no, I would not okay. edit any wiki page. I, I accept uh, your, your PSA on wikis if is I, a no. If I was going to edit one, though, it might be the gorillas one, because I feel like the lore, uh, the lore stuff has been, a game of telephone has been played. Yeah. Particularly because Rise of the Ogre is out of print. Okay. Uh, that it's kind of like... Oh, so some wrong facts have become popular. Not wrong, just sort of like the way one kid says something then gets simplified even more, ah. then gets simplified even oh, more, okay. and taken verbatim. And so I feel like just grammatically and in terms of detail, there could be more going on yeah. in the Gorilla's Wiki. <laughs> like if you read the Gorilla's Wiki now, it's even more confusing specifically because it's just too pared down okay 
uh, and and just not being told very well. Maybe I'll edit the gorillas. Wiki. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's Anthony's plans for tonight. <laughs> Would you fight with a family member at Thanksgiving over gorillas lore? I'll fight with a family member anytime, anywhere. <laughs> if I see a family member uh, and I didn't know down. they were coming and they're across the street, I do the I do the two fingers at my eyes and then at them, and I will run across the street and just clock them. Uh, my family is one of those families that. Uh, playfully argues about everything okay we're a real we're a real fucking debate club okay so (laughs) so this is no problem right so yeah i i i feel like i have been asked many questions i mean i get asked the same kind of questions about everything especially star wars now that i work for star wars which is like the family member that sits down and doesn't want to be condescending but maybe thinks that what you're into is kind of silly okay and it's like hi justify the thing and you're just like, uh, no, would you like to understand the thing? <laughs> I'll help you understand. <laughs> I won't justify the thing. Yeah. I know for a fact that you watch The Vampire Diaries, so <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> All right, I take that yeah. as a solid yes. Mm-hmm. How would you feel, this is a darker, weirder question, how would you feel if your last words were about gorilla's lore? <laughs> uh, fine. I'd feel fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be I mean, fine. It, it kind of works in that they are a darker, more subversive thing, right? Yeah, sure. I, yes. They might as well, it might as well be about gorillas lore. I, I just, I feel like any last words are going to be, not everybody gets to be Oscar Wilde. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Not everybody gets to have that perfect bon mal right before they go. Yeah, no, very, very few people do. <laughs> I feel like there's a good chance that I'll be talking about gorillas and then something will happen and I'll be dead. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and that's why Noodle's the best member of the... Ah, no, yeah. the no, robot cyborg Noodle isn't actually evil. She... <laughs> what was he going to say? What was he going to say? All right, that's a great answer. Would you greet aliens who are landing on Earth by showing them a gorilla's video? Best not to confuse them right off the bat. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a lot to take in anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Here's a very advanced uh, advanced group of beings. Yeah. They're landing. What did we send them? We sent them the golden record. We sent them the fact that we know that we know uh, about chemistry yeah. and biology, and we have classical music on there. <sighs> feel like let's not overload them let's let somebody smarter than me sh- show them some stuff first <laughs> and then if they if, like if they show an interest yeah i would certainly love <laughs> to help you yeah. know what i mean or like maybe after they've had a week to talk about important stuff and like they get to culture yeah yeah then you could be talk. like aliens i have broadband yeah come over to my place come over to my place let's get high i have broadband not a lot of people <laughs> have it right now uh yeah I would, I would definitely love to introduce some, some alien creatures to gorillas. <laughs> All right. Would you name a child or a pet after gorillas lore? I think Murdoch's a real great name. Yeah. I do. Like, you just like it as a name. Like, it, it wouldn't have to be, always be 100% meaning yeah. gorillas lore love. It's just like, this is an awesome name. It's a good name. Russell's a good name, too. You know, that's the nice thing about these characters that are supposed to semi-exist in the real world. Yeah. Uh, so Murdoch's name is Murdoch Alphonse Nichols. Alphonse is a good middle name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could sneak something in yeah. there. All right, so you'd be okay with you sneaking sneak it in. You could sneak something in there. All right, here's the final How Obsessed Are You question. If the Gorilla's new album came out and you had the only copy, but it was stolen by a bear, would you try to get it back from the bear? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'll try to get anything back from a bear if it steals it from me. Right, is this just a sense of justice? Yeah. Well, like, 
Why does a bear get to run off with it? <laughs> you can make up uh, the story behind this question. Everybody does. Yeah, it's just this bear just takes it. Yeah, the bear's just being bear an asshole. The bear doesn't know music. <laughs> the bear can't appreciate it. The bear it. can't appreciate it. <laughs> would you fight the bear or would you just try to get it back? Or if it came to like, you need to try to punch a bear, would you punch a bear? I mean, I think the first thing you're supposed to do is take your coat and put it over your head to make yourself look bigger. Yeah. You know, like I would definitely go through that stuff first. <laughs> okay. Maybe try to barter. I've heard that like if you're on a campgrounds and a bear kind of gets into one thing, you can sort of like show them some food and be like, okay. what about this what thing? What about this though? I would definitely try everything I could. And then if it came down <laughs> to punching a bear, I feel like, I mean, I'm probably not making out of it, uh, making it out of that one. So you fight. But I would fight. Okay. I would fight. This is a great progression. This is yeah. one of the best answers. First, you try to appear bigger. Mm-hmm. Then you show them like, I have this Oasis CD. Would you like to check that out? Diplomacy first. Yeah, diplomacy first. Diplomacy first. <laughs> and if that bear likes Oasis better than the gorillas, <laughs> that's a completely separate thing. That's a that longer That the bear discussion. and I have to get into. <laughs> and then like, which Gallagher brother are you into, bear? <laughs> yeah. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. Important questions for this bear. Noel's the smart one. (laughs) I asked everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What noise can you make? (laughs) I think that's a pretty accurate 2D. (laughs) (laughs) Because your obsession is with the music, like, as much as it is with the lore, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely... I know people who are more into one or the other, but for me, it's like a highly integrative... Yeah, they exist together. It is an art school project that I am very into. (laughs) (laughs) And on a scale of one to, let's say, ten randomly, or actually, how many phases do they have now? Is this four? Technically, we may be in five. We're waiting for an official word. Okay, we may be in five. But but the now now might be phase five. Okay, so we'll say five. Five being the highest, one being the lowest. How obsessed are you with Gorilla's Lore? I feel like currently it is a currently it is a four because there isn't as much of it to ingest and okay. I know most of it already. Yeah. Was a five for a real long time <laughs> when there were still breadcrumbs to chase. You know okay. what I'm saying? When there's just enough to get a fix yeah. and wanting more. You know what I mean? It's kinda yeah. like it's kind of like uh uh between the between the years of nineteen eighty nineteen eighty eight and, and two thousand six, it's like yeah, I'm like, like I'm into, I'm into Doctor Who. Yeah, but like, there's not much to be into right now. Yeah, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Okay, yeah, you're totally. Yeah, for me, like, uh, I know you like Twin Peaks too. Like, but it, yeah, like when season three was the like one episode, and then you really want the next episode. I spent a lot of time thinking in between the episodes. Oh, I went back and I rewatched everything, and yeah, yeah, just every little piece of it. Right now, there's not much to collect, so I can't be as obsessive as I'm inclined to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that in two days with Murdoch's call, yeah. we're, we're, we're opening, <laughs> we're opening Pandora's box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do some quick plugs, and then we'll do our final questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you, and is there anything that you want to promote uh, besides the, the Star Wars show? Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Carboni. That's also my YouTube channel and my Instagram. Those are good places to keep up with me. Uh, the Star Wars show is every Wednesday on the official Star Wars YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash Star Wars. 
Wars. And, uh, yeah, that's what's going on right now. Yeah, and the Star Wars show is great. It is such an injection of positivity and reminding people, like, yeah, you can dig for the deepest of themes in Star Wars, and you will find them, but you can also just have fun and whimsy. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Here are some uh, quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast that I co-host. That is called Force Center for info on my album. Is very good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, we would love to have you on sometime. Sure. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, and you can, of course, support the podcast Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. Just weird, fun things. If you could burn a word or phrase into the moon, what might it be? Do better. <laughs> would it have any sort of a exclamation uh point or a just question a period mark? just a period just a period i don't want people to think we're yelling it at yeah. them yep the moon's just, just calmly saying i just want it to be a reminder just, just do, do better do better i think that's a great message i would love to see that <laughs> every time i see the moon it's <laughs> you're not on a right, nice romantic date and then you see do better you're, do like, better. you're right moon I'm, I'm going for it i am gonna do better <laughs> At every moment of my life. I'm going to buy that rose <laughs> from the lady who came by the table. That would be the better thing. <laughs> if a song played every time you walked into a room, what song would you want it to be? Oh! I don't know if that's a more difficult or an easier question for someone who is musically knowledgeable, <laughs> like yourself. Man, if I walked into a room and a song played every time, Lately, I'm real into the theme from Taxi. <laughs> I think it's real. I think it's a real good piece of music, and it's real chill. And I think that would be like a kind of a cool, jazzy way to come into a room. Yeah, isn't it kind of just a laid back? And you're just like watching a taxi drive in New York. Is that right? It. Yeah, it just feels like it's late night. I worked all night. <laughs> this is that's real chill i'm just going to be like a, a normal down-to-earth person and it, it's just kind of like a nice it's not jarring everybody when i walk into a room yeah you know it's just kind of like oh cool he's here yeah it's not right like on. tim pani and it's like oh my he's the biggest thing ever yeah, yeah it's either that or like aaron copeland right like yeah, yeah just walk in it's like dun, 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 dun. it's like okay anthony calm down <laughs> oh, great it's flight of the valkyries you, again. Yeah. yeah you did the wrong thing with your superpower <laughs> <laughs> that there you have it from anthony carboni the correct thing to do with your superpower is make the theme from taxi play when you chill. walk into a room <laughs> just be chill be chill just do better do better be chill <laughs> uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness ugh <laughs> 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 is that your answer? Ah, um, I think happiness is a a contentedness, uh, a calmness, and a not a sense of achievement, but a sense of accomplishment. In that you are, you feel like you are doing your best have done your best, yeah, and are surrounded by the best possible circumstances for you at any moment. Yeah. You know? 
Like, you can be stuck on an elevator and be happy if it's, like, a really funny group of people yeah. on an elevator. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just so this... trying to find that joy in the moment regardless yeah. of the, or not regardless of the situation, but finding the best of a situation. Yeah, if you if you can be in a situation and you can just kind of be, like, and you can just kind of be riding it and being okay with it, yeah. I think that is, I think that is great. Yeah. I think that is the happiest you can be. That's a great answer to have that feeling of, like, looking up at the moon, mm-hmm. and in theory it says, do better, and you're like, I did moon. Yeah, I will. I did my best. I did moon. great. I did great today. I'll do better tomorrow. Thank you, Moon. Thank you, Moon. <laughs> Good night, Moon. <laughs> thank you, Moon, and thank you, Anthony, for coming and doing the podcast. Thank you. And before you stop recording, I just want to apologize because I feel like you came and you wrote on on my show for like a week, and I called you Joe for a week straight. I did you? And you, I don't think you ever. I don't, maybe you were just being polite and never correcting me. <laughs> but now I feel terrible. Oh, about don't feel it. terrible. It's yeah, totally I'm sorry, understandable. Man. No, because it's... I'm. I have one of those names where people. People try to call me Tony, and I'm like, "Don't you fucking don't you do fucking it. dare!" So no. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I, you know what? I don't. I don't have any memory of you ever ever doing it. So so maybe I just missed it. Maybe I thought you were saying no because <laughs> I was writing on a show, and maybe you're like, he really doesn't like that idea. No, like, it's wrong. Hey, no, nice shirt. No. <laughs> Maybe that's some, where my negativity comes from. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But thank you for the apology, and don't worry about it. I totally understand. It's, it is a weird thing for those of us who prefer the longer names. Yeah. And then sometimes people just shorten, because it's just a, a thing. It almost always comes out of friendliness. Couldn't leave a podcast with unfinished business. That's how you wind up haunting the world, Joseph. <laughs> we don't want to haunt people no, through podcasts. I'm glad we figured it out. <laughs> we did. Thank you so much for doing the Thanks, podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Here's a favorite bit of lore. Gorilla's lead singer 2D is called 2D for the two dents in his head, both of which were caused by car accidents, both of which were caused by the bass player of the Gorillas, Murdoch, trying to steal from and or murder 2D. <laughs> 